We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Go! Carton Roberts on the fan. We replaced one loud, average-looking bald man for another. Why is it always going to be at the, about the bald stuff? Oh, because you're bald and it just jumps out at me. It's ridiculous. We yeah. don't all look alike. I mean, well. <laughs> me, Carton, BT. Robert Sala. Do I say that? Yeah, exactly. Vin Sala. Diesel, do Bill I, Goldberg. Do all on. redheads look alike? I yeah. don't think so. Yeah, I've heard that before, actually. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh. Absolutely. <laughs> Growing up, I used to hear it all the time. Yeah. We're all the same. I do appreciate you giving up 10 hours of overnight to join me for four <laughs> hours of afternoon Thanks drive. Thanks for throwing me a life raft for a day. <laughs> I needed it desperately. Thank and, you. And you decide when you come in to put on a John Stark's jersey? Well, I was thinking about what I was going to wear today, and I figured you and I have great history with the Knicks and Nets. Of course, you famously punching me in the arm after Clifford Robinson uh, Clifford Robinson hit a buzzer beater tap in or whatever it was. It was in the a tip in. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and I figured, you know what? I'm feeling good about my Knicks, and I love John Starks. Well, I don't really wear a jersey anymore, but this is for you. This is my gift for you. You get to look at this for the next four and a half hours. It just shows that you have to find a jersey from 30 years ago to wear to represent your favorite Which, which one are you going to wear? What are you doing with that Durant and Kyrie jersey? Nobody. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. I, I, listen, one thing I've learned from this era is I've sworn off jerseys. Because I bought way too many for my two sons. Poor kids. And the other day, I had to go through the drawer and say, okay, let me take this Kyrie. Let me take this Kevin Durant. Let me take this Jacob DeGrom and put it in a different drawer. You should have taken the freebies the garden sent you. <laughs> See, you, you dismissed those freebies the garden sent you. could have used those. No. I have to wipe my you-know-what with. Yeah. Or to right. clean my car. The Nets. L-O-L. The Nets. Right. I'm sorry. I don't want to get into that. Get but, your you know. system. Go ahead. No, no. no, no there's nothing to get out of. I, well, I did see a picture. You know, when I was scrolling through trying to prep for the show through Twitter. I saw Durant in a Suns jersey, and you know, I thought of you, and I felt a little upset. You get to not only see Durant in a Suns jersey, but me in a Starks jersey, and uh, it's it's got to be rough for you as a diehard Neff, and I actually feel for it's you. It's been a very rough transition over yeah. the last couple of weeks from a team that could win a championship to a team that's just battling to avoid the play-in tournament. But you know what's funny? And this hit me over the course of literally 24 hours. And let me walk you through this, and then you can say, Evan, that actually makes a lot of sense, or I'm a schmuck. Because I do think there well, are people who are not going to understand this. Yesterday, I'm watching Max Scherzer. Okay. This will all come together, trust me. And Max Scherzer sitting there at his press conference saying, I want to pitch 200 innings. I want to make 33 starts. I want to be out there every five days. And I had a reaction to that I've never had, which is, why? No, I don't want him out there for 200 innings. I don't want him out there for 32 starts because I just witnessed a year last year in which the Mets won 100 games. They didn't win the division. It would have been nice if they did. Mm. Max missed a bunch of time, but when it mattered the most, he didn't perform at a high level. Last year, in retrospect, I didn't feel this at the time, was a meaningless regular season. 
Now I go home. I watch the Knicks. Great win against Atlanta. I watch the Nets. Great win against Miami. Significant regular season games from a standings perspective. Right. And I'm pumped up. You should be pumped up. Knicks jumped up to the sixth seed. Nets are the five seed. You can add me, and that's what's weird to me. It doesn't really do much for me, but whatever. Continue. So then I wake up this morning. And I hear Gio say something interesting that I think the majority of people feel. He said, regular season basketball, I don't care. Right. Regular season hockey, I don't care. And it hit me, and I love baseball. It is my favorite sports out. You it's know that. It's getting there. You're right. It's amazing. Does it matter? Because I could argue that last night's basketball games, which you could absolutely have the right to say doesn't do much for me. Gio has the right to say it doesn't do much for me. I could argue those games had more significance than maybe any regular season game the Mets or Yankees play in a year in which they have a 99% chance to make the playoffs. So, we all used to go nuts about maintenance days. Shouldn't Max Scherzer have maintenance days? Shouldn't Justin Verlander have maintenance days? To a lesser degree, shouldn't Garrett Cole have maintenance well, days? Well, I even thought last year going through it, my and by the way, I love baseball's regular season more than anything, and until the Phillies did what they did, I always thought that the baseball regular season meant a lot, but I think that the Phillies proved it really doesn't. You could just get in, and as long as you have everything lined up, you're good to go. But I thought last year, as it was happening, okay, well, no big deal if DeGrom's not healthy, as long as he's healthy for the Brave Series, for October. Right. Same with Scherzer. And unfortunately for them, they had it lined up the way that they wanted to. Forget what happened, how many starts DeGrom had, how many games Scherzer missed. They were all lined up to go, and they didn't get it done. But, yes, to your point, if Scherzer misses a month or Verlander misses uh, you know, several weeks, does it matter as long as they're ready to go for October, assuming the Mets could get there? The answer is no, it doesn't. And look, that's the key, assuming you get there. Obviously, if the Yankees are sitting five games under five hundred in July, the regular season begins to matter more. If the Mets are underachieving, all of a sudden you look at these regular season games as mattering more. But as we get ready for opening day, we're now 42 days away. Everybody was so excited about pitchers and catchers, as am I. I am excited. The realization is that we are going into a regular season that's very similar to the NBA and the NHL. That's the world we live in. So, no, but, but don't you think it's like that because of the expectations the Mets and Yankees have? Twofold. Twofold. Because if last year we weren't sure. And by, and by the way, the Yankees, even in a bad year, they win 90 games. They're always in the postseason. Mets have to prove that they could still do that. Like well, last, last year was kind of the aberration. They won 101 games. I, I definitely think that the expectations both teams are facing are a huge part of this. The other part of it is baseball. Like we we there are six teams that make the postseason. Eight make it in the NBA. We ain't that far off. Like right. it's really not that big of a difference between who makes it the NBA and who makes it major yeah, league baseball. But it is different with the divisions, the way they're broken down. Where in the NBA, I couldn't even name you the divisions. They're so worthless. It doesn't really matter. But, but Sal, Sal, did winning the division last year matter to the Philadelphia Phillies? No, but it's going to matter for the standings. I mean, you're not going to be able to have you, know, the, the, you have division winners make the postseason. I, I get it, but if you finish in second or third place and win a wild card spot, win 95 games, and you're just healthy at the right time, sure, it sucks you to have to play want, two, or three you, extra you games. Still want home field. You'd still like to have that by. And look, I don't know if I even buy this yet. The postseason's a crapshoot and you just got to get in and you got to be lucky. I mean, to a certain extent, I guess. Don't you think the Mets would have benefited last year from yes. winning the division? No, no. They would have benefited from it, but you know what else? 
the Knicks would benefit from home court advantage. The Nets would benefit from yeah, home court advantage. Yeah, but that's why I don't care about the Knicks, because we're talking about five, six seed. If you're telling me we're talking about four or six seed, different story. Knicks well, can't get the four no, seed. No, you are talking about the difference between a play-in tournament and a non-play-in no, tournament. No, from six to seven, and, sure. And, but, you're, and you're right, the four seed matters a lot more. They're not that far off from that. Yeah, but they're not realistically. That's my issue with the basketball so if team. The, Knicks, the Nets now aren't good enough to be a top four, you know, after the Durant and Kyrie trade. And the Knicks aren't good enough to be a top four regardless. So it's about not being good enough, or is it about what's actually on the line? Because what's on the line in the NBA and Major League Baseball is very similar now. Like, I used to have this romantic feel about winning a division. Why should I have that? It still just, means something. Yeah, okay, getting a top seed in the NBA means no, no, something. No, no, the NBA yeah, divisions are different. It. Baseball division is baseball division still means something. Why? It does. Why? Winning mean, the division means something, did, and you do benefit because of it. They did, can't, it did it benefit the St. Louis Cardinals last year? All right, but you're giving. You know, it didn't benefit. Obviously, the Phillies didn't matter. They didn't need to win the division. It still should benefit you in some ways to win the division. Did it benefit the Yankees? It did. Yeah, no, no, it does to a degree, but maybe not enough. To make 162 games what it used to be. If your argument is that the baseball regular season is becoming less meaningful, I'm not going to disagree. I can't, unfortunately, disagree. What I mean is when I heard Max Scherzer talk yesterday, I had a feeling I hadn't had ever as a baseball fan. I don't want him to pitch that much. Do you think he was hurt last year, by the way, at the end of the year? Probably. I mean, because I, that is a concern where you talk about Verlander and Scherzer where everybody, instead of it being, hey, the Mets got two of the best pitchers in baseball, it's all about, oh, well, they got two guys that are old and are going to be hurt. And they have to pitch their best at the right time. Max Scherzer, when he made his 23 starts last year, was awesome. No right. one could argue that. Guy had the lowest ERA of his him. entire career. Yeah. You love him. He broke my heart in the he end, but I do love him. You know what in the bet in the two biggest starts of the year, yet the guy who showed up, you couldn't wait to get out of town. By so the you way, can tell me how much you love him. I almost wasn't going to come in today. I was just going to ask if Spike could push me back a day or two because my side was a little was tight. I mean, if, it were, <laughs> I knew, if I knew this was like a legit like run or something, I would have made it, but I wasn't sure I could. <laughs> but what's know. the weather like outside? Yeah, it's not right. too cold, so. I know. mean, are you kidding me with this guy, DeGrom? It's always something. It's February. 15. It would have been your whole show yesterday. We would have led with it on SNY. Like, come I, on, DeGrom. I, it's always a pushback a day or two because of side tightness. Get out of here. I do agree that it would have been very stressful today and yesterday if Jake was here. But my concern is, was he going to pitch during the season? Is Max going to pitch during right. the season? Is Justin going to pitch during the regular season? What's funny is... Cole is in that league of guys who's an ace in Major League Baseball. I know he didn't have the greatest year last year in the regular season, but I would have less concern about maintenance day in Garrett Cole because the track record is that he makes 33 starts right. every single year. It's one of the best qualities he has. And then come postseason time, more times than not, he's really good. He's a beast. I mean, he gives up way too many homers, but yes, you can count on him. In the postseason, Garrett Cole's track record, as good as Verlander better, as good as Scherzer better, Probably better. I know it's not the same amount of games, but Garrett Cole's been a better postseason pitcher than both those guys. So you don't like Scherzer's that we're getting I'm not to saying you? that. What I'm saying is I don't look at things the way I did two years ago where if Jacob deGrom was pulled, and I know I shouldn't use him as an example because you and John Heyman, you know, have like, – I have no issue. First of all, don't put him. me in the same category as Heyman. That's a whole nother story. See his story. piece that he wrote the other day? No, again? Oh, my – he can't get enough of this guy. On DeGrom again? Again, Let yes. it go, bro. Even I've let it go. Thank you. Until it came up. I mean, I couldn't help <laughs> myself yesterday. Come on, who could? But what did he do? He ripped DeGrom for what? 
for the differences between DeGrom and Verlander. DeGrom feels soreness. Verlander's a bulldog. DeGrom's like, let's push it back a few days. Verlander's like, it'll be blood coming out of my mouth, well, you, and I'll still pitch. Well, you heard the stuff. Oh, it's true. Yeah, DeGrom didn't want to pitch. Dude, you heard the rumblings, I'm sure, that I've heard. No, I've never heard that, actually, that he didn't want to pitch. I heard that he was hurt. And you want to call him injury-prone, it's fair. He's been injury-prone the last couple of years. He didn't want to tough it out to a point where Scherzer had to be like, yo, let's go here. And other uh, teammates, come on. What, what's the holdup? DeGrom, the- he needs to be 100% feeling great, wake up the right side of the bed. Like, oh, if he may have a, a you know a hangnail, whatever it may be, a, a bad mood, he can't. Want to but you know what's out. funny about this? In terms of what we're talking about, he was the guy most reliable when it mattered the most. Correct, so despite, he's the best. Well, that's what's frustrating about him. No, so despite missing the amount of starts he missed, and Max missed a ton of starts too, if this regular season goes the way the Yankee fans want and the Met fans want, we're going to judge Garrett Cole based on October. We're going to judge Max Scherzer based on October. Think about Garrett Cole and Max Scherzer for a second, because I do actually find this interesting. Garrett Cole's regular season was very average. Would you agree? 3-5 yes. ERA is yeah. average for him? Right. Well, he doesn't dominate the way that you expect an ace to in the regular he season. He has, though. At times, yes. That ERA he put together last year was the highest ERA he's had since he was traded to Houston. Right. So it was a very average season. We were ripping him on the show. Big Mac would still he try to defend him. gave up how many home him. runs? I mean, he, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's all fair, dude. Right. He wasn't great. But then what happened for the most part in October? Right. He's he was awesome. Nice. So I think most Yankee fans view Cole's years last year as being pretty good. Max Scherzer dominated for 23 starts when he was out there. Yet in the two biggest starts he was asked he was to make, terrible. he got booed off the mound. And that's where we are for the Mets and the Yankees when it comes to pitchers and really everybody. You want them to have a you great like regular that? season. It, it's always been like, like C-Mac obviously can attest, but it's we, we know that with the Yankees. It's like that for every year. It's World Series of Bust. They're going to be judged on what they do in October. Are the bats going to do what they did in the regular season? In the playoffs, that's how it is. The Mets are now there where 100%. it doesn't matter. But do you like that? It kind of does take a little bit away, to your point, from the regular season. It does feel I, it's just different where it doesn't matter what Verlander and Scherzer do as long as they get there. Yes. Because same thing last year. The 101 wins meant nothing because in the biggest spot in Atlanta, they got their teeth kicked in. I don't, and then again in the game's five. I race. don't like it, but it doesn't matter if I like it. This is reality. You know what I mean? Like me whining about, oh, but, you know, 10 years ago it was this or 20 years ago it was this. doesn't do anybody any good. So it doesn't matter if I like it or not. This is the reality. And the reality is, as excited as I am, you are, and everybody else is, for pitchers and catchers reporting, we are headed towards a regular season in baseball that's not only 162 games, but I think as the years go by, certainly this year, it's going to start to feel meaningless. Because the regular season in baseball ain't that different than the regular season in the NBA. Uh, I'll tell you where it won't feel meaningless. You tune in the overnights after that. Every one of those bad boys, I'm milking each one of them. I need that content. What, are you kidding me? <laughs> you think there's meaningless games in well, April or May? Not here, there ain't. But, Sal, here's the truth of this. So, and I think I'm a rarity in this. When the Nets lose a re- and I bring this up only because I'm a Nets fan. When the Nets lose a regular season game, it doesn't matter if Katie and Kyrie are there. Mm-hmm. I get very upset. I know when you care about it. I give you credit for that. So I'm I'm caring no matter what. So yeah, I don't know I'll why, still, but you do. Because it still matters. Uh, it doesn't. Of course it does. The NBA regular season in ways matter more than the baseball season. No, I, but I disagree. I just The uh, Nets and Knicks right now are battling to avoid a play-in tournament. The Mets and the Yankees may have a 97% kind of ride into the postseason. Yeah, but, you, but that's what it is on paper going in. And again, the Yankees have proven themselves. I wouldn't worry about them. Uh, the Mets could miss the postseason. You could paint a picture 
What if either Alonzo or Lindor don't perform to what they did last year for Sal, whatever Sal, reason? You do the same thing with the Yankees. If Aaron no, Judge get, they, doesn't play. And so what? The Yankees are still going to win 90 games. They do it every year. Go back to the season where Judge did miss. A year ago. But a year ago, if Aaron Judge didn't play when he's hitting 63 home runs, where did the Yankees finish? The Yankees are deeper. Last year maybe a different no, story because they struggled. Yeah, I know they I'm, needed them last but year. But I'm using last year as an example. Uh, like He was such an MVP that if he wasn't around... Forget the division. The second half, the, the, second the, half the Yankees were dreadful, and they still won the division, really without being tested. So the Mets aren't there. They had the two old pitchers. If those guys don't perform, who knows, or, or get hurt. If Alonzo, basically have two guys in that lineup that you rely on to drive in runs, in Lindor and Alonzo, a little different story. The Yankees are deeper. Well, so, so, like. so here's my – and by the way, I, I got horrible news, just really, really Why? sad news. Uh, a guy who I grew up listening to, a guy you grew up listening Uh-oh. to, I thought he was one of the great broadcasters of all time. I loved hearing what his happened? voice. Tim McCarver has passed away at oh. the age of 81. And that is heartbreaking. He was, that's your childhood, right? Like, you're with me on this. I love Tim McCarver. Ah. Did I ever tell you the story about when I met him once? I used to go out to, um, and I loved him as a broadcaster. Obviously, I didn't watch him as a player. I mean, I'm familiar with nah, what he but did. We, we heard the stories about him and Bob Gibson. I think Bob Gibson once told him, as Tim McCarver went to the mound, Bob said, get back behind home plate. The only thing you know about pitching is that you can't hit it. <laughs> Which was a legendary story. But go ahead. He was, well, you know, he was great. And I grew up listening to him doing Met games and, and obviously then, you know, on Fox when he was a national broadcaster. But one year at, uh, at actually, I called Francesa as a caller, Sal Ron Kong, and I called him to tell him the story. I saw McCarver at Shea before the game coming in, and I had a blue Mets hat, and I was like, oh, my God, Tim McCarver, legend. Can you please sign my Time hat? out before you continue. Yeah. Uh, so if this talk, story yeah. leads to Tim McCarver refusing to sign your hat, I'm going to punch you like Clifford Robinson that night. Go ahead. So this is what happens. I go, Tim, can you please sign my hat? He goes, a blue pan on a blue hat. Now, who's going to see that? And he kept going. He didn't sign it. <laughs> and I, I was like, but, Tim, you're my... A blue pen on a blue hat? No one's going to see that. And he had a book out. And he goes, see the book? Buy it. And he kept walking in. <laughs> That's the story you decided yeah, to but tell. But I still love him. It's, it's the only story that I've had with him, the encounter. Let but me he's def- a great let, uh, broadcast. Let me defend Tim McCarver. Why would he waste his time? Signing a blue hat with a blue pen. <laughs> so that's exactly what Mike goes, well, next time bring a white hat. When I called in, no. can I just tell you one story? I think it was when McCarver left the Mets to go do games for the Yankees. Yeah, Remember the that? Yankees so I called in yeah. and told that story. But uh, that sucks to hear about that. My heart is broken because he was my childhood. He was not only, you know, growing up with the Mets, and then he went to the Yankees. You're right, did the Yankees for a bunch of years. But him and Joe Buck. Like, I think of that big baseball moment. Joe Buck and Tim McCarver were the team. And they did it for a while. I'm trying to remember when McCarver stepped aside for eventually. I guess John Smoltz replaced him. I don't know if there no, was, was anybody it, else. Wasn't it? Wasn't it Harold Reynolds? Who was it? it? Uh, I don't initially, I thought that it was. We're going back probably a while now, but I, I think the greatest compliment you can pay an announcing team. We were just talking about this recently because of Burkhart and Olson taking over that big game feel. Anytime you heard Tim McCarver, you had that big game feel. Hundred percent. He is. Uh, for for my demographic and age, because I'm sure if someone's 55, they're going to disagree, or younger, disagree. When I think of an an analyst for each sport, like NBA, baseball, football, when it comes to football, it's John Madden. Right. right? We grew up with John Madden. When it comes to baseball, it's Tim McCarver. Agreed. And it's not. And by the way, it's not even close. 
Like, there's no one even close. You know, that's a good point. Because we could, like, who is the next? Is it Smoltz right now? John Smoltz would be the guy, and he's terrible. Eh, he's not that. He's not even close to that. John level. Smoltz hates baseball. Tim McCarver <laughs> loved baseball. <laughs> well, that's my. That's the answer. That's my explanation. I don't think he hates baseball. Tim he may McCarver, like golf a little bit more, but <laughs> no, McCarver loved the game. He would talk about the game as if it was a love affair. John Smoltz talks about the game as if, oh, geez, when's a stupid thing going to end? McCarver and Kiner, those were my guys yes. growing up. Now, that yeah. might be a little bit before. Or you remember those no, years? I do, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember the exact years. I just remember growing up watching those guys do Met games. That is, that's horrible news. So condolences to his family. When, when Lugie came in and handed this to me, and I saw the first thing I saw was Tim McCarver. Oh, I, my stomach dropped, and I was hoping he's coming back. Like, I was hoping Smoltz is gone. Going to do, like, five, pr- yeah, five spring training games for SNY. Oh, that would have been yeah. great. That would have been great. Speaking of SNY, they got a major problem. We'll address that coming up. They did something that even you can't defend. What? They what did is your something. issue? I love SNY. Okay, just making sure. But there's something they did that they can't I do defend. Too. Yeah. No, I know you well, do. We get that. I love them very, very, very much. Yes. <laughs> they gave you an off day, and then you're going on SNY again, essentially. Which is bizarre, right? Exactly. <laughs> we are coming to you live from the Town Fair Tire Studios, powered by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. A lot to get to. Obviously, the quarterback searches in the NFL. Sal will try to convince us that Matt Ryan is oh, a god. Oh, God. Didn't and, take you long to get to and there. And the Jets should bow down and just pray <laughs> to his altar. Because not only can he quarterback, but he can teach. Yeah. We'll get to that look coming you're up. You're up on it. I look forward to having this conversation with you. I listen to you a lot. I appreciate that. Piss me off like 48% of the time. Uh, is that a good thing or not? Eh. I don't know. I mean, it's half and half, right? I At guess least you're right. listening. I appreciate it. But no. I do want to have this combo with you. It was on my list of things to get to as well. Oh, do you? You have a list? Uh, a small list. <laughs> yeah. The first thing on his list was... Katie and Kyrie left, and no. they're not coming back. No, the first thing on my list was wear Knicks gear. As a matter of fact, I'm disappointed because I ordered this nice Mitchell and Ness warm-up Knicks jacket, and it didn't come. And I paid for the two-day shipping, and the damn thing didn't show up. So you just get this jersey. You know what's crazy? Usually I get made fun of, rightfully so. I don't mind being made fun of that. Everything mm. I wear looks like it came from Dick's Sporting Goods. That I wear, you know, net sweatshirts, Mets sweatshirts, hoodies, yeah. and all that. But the one thing I don't wear, because I'm not a child, is jerseys. And me neither. And but this is a special comes- occasion. <laughs> a special occasion. I broke this out for I actually have not worn this ever outside of my house. This is the first day. I just bought it because I always wanted one. Well, one thing stories. about John Starks, and don't argue with me about this because everybody knows it's true, even though John won't admit and it. Plus the, time the number I brought three it up with Hart right now. You know what I mean? It's relevant with Hart, but go ahead. Yeah. John Starks dirtily injured Kenny Anderson. And I know that Kenny is listening right now and would deny it. Is he? No. <laughs> yes. Huge fan of Sal Licata. You didn't know about that? No, does Kenny Huge listen to the show? Huge fan of you, personally. Well, I'm sure he's a big fan of yours and Carter. I know that Kenny would want to say that's not true, Evan. Stop saying that. But we all know the truth. Quick, quickly, before you break, I have to tell this story because it's it's relevant. I met Kenny Anderson once at The Wiz. Remember Nobody Beats The Wiz? I do. It was an autograph signing. <laughs> so they gave me like the 8x10, whatever. I go up to him. You know what I said to him? Kenny, have you ever met John Starks? What's he like? Wow. Yeah, I, I didn't mean anything by it. I was legit just a nut about John Starks. And he's like, that, he was disgusted with me. That does remind me. I'll and say he was this. there with Tammy from the real world. Remember he used to <laughs> yeah, marry her? Yeah. Yeah. She was walking around shopping for CDs. That, I don't know if your story is better than mine. It may be. And you can be the judge, fellas. I was once at a baseball camp. I may have told this story. I apologize. I don't mean to pull a carton. So act surprised, fellas, when I say this. It's at a baseball camp. and there's guests. The what was that? Never mind. Okay. <laughs> Jackass over there. 
there's a guest instructor at baseball camp, and it's Andy Pettit. Okay. And he's teaching everybody his pickoff move. It was great. Andy was a great teacher. And we we're each allowed to give Andy one item to sign. Oh, God. So I show up with a ticket stub. I go up to Andy. I hand him the ticket stub. He looks at it, and he says, I hope it's the first ever. Huh. What's this? I said, oh, Andy, that's the uh, first ever Mets-Yankees game. <laughs> so Andy looks back and says, but I lost that game. And I said, I know, Andy. <laughs> and I put my Met hat on. And this is why Andy's a class That's guy. Tremendous. Hysterical laughing. Loved it. Said, That's a good one, young man. Signs it. No, no problem. Look at that. See? Tim McCarver. He could have used just sign the hat and keep it moving. Tim McCarver wasn't going to waste no. his time to bring using it full a circle. blue pen on a blue hat. Who's going to see that? <laughs> I, I don't right. know, but I know who's going to talk about it several years later on the radio. Yeah, like minutes after we yeah. find out he well, passed away. Well, it's just my one story. I still love the guy. It's we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Carton and Roberts on the fan. WFAN, WFAN-FM, and WFAN.com. I think it was a former governor of New Jersey mm-hmm. who happens to be a Cowboys fan okay. and also a Mets fan. Let's just say his name rhymes with Bis Bisty. Okay. I think he was the one who did it, but he pulled off a sign on our door hmm. that said the Mike Francesa studio. Oh, yeah, I like that sign. I noticed that. So it was pulled off. 30 years months, of dominance. What, no, no, this it was like a metal sign that was created. Oh, yeah. Like after he left. Oh, no, that sign. I was talking about the new one that was up. Yeah, the I'll old get to one, that in yeah. a second, but there was an old sign that was ripped off. I don't know why the governor did it. Apparently, I think what I heard is he was going to put it on a bathroom stall on the Jersey Turnpike rest stop? Is that what happened, Now fellas? you're being very disrespectful. No, no, I'm describing what happened, Sal. Chris Christie, he's the one who ripped that thing down? Is that not true, fellas? You guys were here for that. I, I wasn't I've here. Some, I've heard some other things. I, you know, I don't tell tales. I don't, you know, this is, I don't I've, know why you're... Yeah, I've heard some so other stuff about it. Well, what I heard was there was a former governor who happened <laughs> to say, hey, I'm going to put this on a turnpike stall or whatever. Mm-hmm. You just ruined the bit. I don't... <laughs> the bit was nine months ago. <laughs> <It> was. <laughs> Where's the payoff? What is this, a WrestleMania storyline? <laughs> so anyhow, sign disappears. I didn't know much about it. I was like, where the heck did the sign go? A couple of weeks ago, very mysteriously, there was a, a handmade sign. Yeah, it looks very nice. That was placed nice. on the wall that said, the Mike Francesa Studio, the GOAT, 
30 years of dominance. I don't think it was 30 years. Number it was like one. 20 years. Oh, it was 30 years, I think. So, Wasn't he here for 30 years? I don't think so, but okay, okay. it's fine. And so there was a debate of who made so you the count song. when he came back. You remember? You got to count those years, too, on the back end of it. <laughs> and we didn't put specifically, like, to whatever it was, 2018, and then again afterward. But I think way. you're going to prove my point right now. Yeah. So we were all debating where the sign come from. Yeah, it's a and great I, sign. I think the handwriting was actually pretty nice And as well. I was convinced it was you. And I was told, nah, it's Maybe? not Sal. You think I get time to do that? Yes. Oh, wait, what, are you doing shows from home? I'm going to put up a, a sign all of a sudden? <laughs> I also figured who else around here would make that sign. I couldn't come up I'll with I'll tell any. you who would make Greg that Giannotti sign. Greg would make that sign? Somebody that wants to pay respect to the legend, to the greatest to ever do it, to the guy who carried this station on his back for 30 years of dominance. That's who. Somebody that wants to pay respect to the people that did it before. Now, now I don't know who did it, but whoever did well, did a great job with it. do you think Boomer Esiason did it? Mm, probably not. Do you think G did it? I thought Craig might have done it. You, th- you think Craig did it? I thought Craig might have had a hand in putting that sign up there. Do you even think Spike did it? I want to know. No, probably not. Do you think Keith McPherson did it? I doubt it. So when we got, do you think Big Mac, who probably had to choose a sign. He had a good relationship. McGonagall. He had a good relationship with Mike. I mean, Mike didn't know his name. In fact, I understand that. (laughs) Probably still doesn't. So really just at a process of elimination, I was 100% convinced it's you. You're damn right it's me. (laughs) Pay some respect. I put that up there weeks ago, waiting for you to pick up on me because I heard who took it down and it bothered me. Who took it down? I heard some things. Now, I don't know this factually. I didn't see it. But I know that the sign was, you know, hanging off it, and it was terrible. Yeah. And every day I used to walk in there, I'd be like, can somebody just put this thing up the right way? Because it's really disrespectful. And then I heard that somebody threw a fit. and Threw a fit? That's what I heard. That's I don't know not to be true. I heard that somebody threw a fit, took the sign off, and that was it. And I wanted to do right by Mike Francesa, the guy who helped my career. <laughs> and I worked on his show, and I loved him. Even before I met him, I was a big listener and a caller to his show. My understanding is you used to meet women at bars by saying... <laughs> you don't know you me, made... but your dad does. Yeah, right. <laughs> you may not know Mike Francesa, but I do. You don't know me who your dad does. Right. Now people actually do know me a little bit, which is bizarre. <laughs> But yes, I put that sign up. Sounds right. All right I want to know good. who took it down. I, I'm telling you, I think it was the governor. I don't believe so. We won't get into details, but I heard, I heard that's someone my, else, that's not my the un- governor. That's my understanding. Why would I tell a someone lie? Someone else, not name the governor. Let's go to Eddie in Troy, New York. What's up, Eddie? Hey, how's it going, guys? How are we doing today? Good, excellent. I I, I was going to talk about uh, something else, but I got to mention. Carver, I mean, I think you guys really nailed it, and I appreciate that you bring in the Joe Buck years, um, because I think, you know, that's when nationally, I think people really started to, especially I'm 35, too, like, especially my age, like, I got to appreciate it, and he was so cerebral about the game, and I want to call out one specific uh, call that he had, and now this is going to piss off after listeners, but in Game 7 of the 2001 World Series, <laughs> Joe Torrey calls for the infield to move in, and Joe, and Tim McCarver immediately said that because Mo throws inside to lefties, mm. he gets a lot of broken bat bloopers, and the very next pitch, wow. Luis Gonzalez put that one in center field. That's so, a, that's I mean, a, that gets lost in the... Yeah, that, I, honestly, it got lost on me. I mean, I've seen like every World Series since I can remember, and I actually don't even remember McCarver basically nailing that, but the guy knew baseball. The, the most important thing, I think, you, you mentioned it, he not only knew baseball, he loved baseball, well, and you felt that watching that his like in that spot. I don't remember the exact moment, but you could 
feel him getting up for it. Now, why is the infield in here? You got to be careful because of whatever he may have said at the time, but you feel his energy and, and passion. And that's for it. the thing that sometimes is missing with baseball broadcasts. There are way too many broadcasters who I am convinced don't like baseball. Well, I wouldn't say that they don't like baseball. They don't love the game or don't or they treat it as if they're doing a job. Well, that's With Tim McCarver, you never felt like it was a job. Yeah, and like I I'll give you a critique of a guy who I love, but this is I think a fair critique of him. Keith Hernandez is like that some ways. Where Keith is great. And I love Keith and I'm glad he was re-signed and I'm glad he's back and he makes me laugh at least once a game. But then there's also games in which Keith and he admits it wants to go home. Are we honest and want He's done. I don't know if I could comment on well, this. Well, am I? I'm, you can't say I'm wrong. Obviously. No, I look. I get it. All kidding aside, I think that's what makes Keith lovable, though. He's like, oh god, this game is terrible. This is sloppy, or this game's going on forever. <laughs> you are right. It is a likable quality. Of yeah, this. that's what I love about it. But I can't disagree that he, I, I, he loves the game, but I do think he treats it like a job where Tim McCarver did not. And, and that's one thing I know. Tony Romo was taking a lot of heat over the last couple of weeks for some of his calls. The one early indication I had from Romo that I liked was his enthusiasm. That as Tony Romo was saying things during a game, you could hear he was genuinely excited about what was happening. So now what? We don't think that he has that? This whole building guys up and then knocking him down, it's ridiculous. Now Greg Olson's the flavor of the month. Like, he's the greatest analyst that the sport has ever seen. Romo's fine. I never loved him to begin with. He's okay. He doesn't irk me now. Well, I think sometimes guys change. I think that's why opinions change. Do you think he's changed, Romo? Um... I think a little bit. I think that enthusiasm that I heard when he first started isn't quite there. And also, well, the only thing that bothered me about Romo, and I brought this up when it happened, was after Mahomes threw one of the touchdowns in the championship game, he started immediately in the moment bringing up Michael Jordan and comparing this as an all-time mm -hmm. sports moment. The game is going on. The touchdown literally happened five seconds earlier, and all of a sudden we're breaking down like where this is in the sports pantheon. Yeah. Like let's let the moment happen. Fair enough, but that's what you get when you hire a young broadcaster. Like he's it's just different. It's the same thing with these coaches. I know it's obviously a different you know job, but you hire these young guys to do these jobs with no experience. That's what you're going to get. They hired him because of his enthusiasm, because he might be willing to say something like comparing it to Michael Jordan right away, where the old school guy, Troy Aikman, is not doing that. Yeah, but I think, give you the game. I think in baseball, the problem with the old school guy is the old school guy talks about how much they hate new baseball. And that's a problem. <laughs> that is a problem. Like, think about Good this. Point. And I don't really get this with anybody in the NBA on a national level, but just imagine. If you're watching a Warriors game and all of a sudden you hear, oh, Jesus, constant three-point shooting. I mean, too many three-point shots. What right. are we doing? In my day, Larry Bird would be there. be more defense on Larry. Like, I get that opinion. I respect that opinion. I don't necessarily want to hear it while I'm watching a game. I, I want to watch I, the game. And I guarantee the team that employs them doesn't want to hear that either. <laughs> That's true. Right? I, you don't hear Walt doing that. Whether he likes it or not, he's not doing that because yeah. MSG wouldn't be standing for it. That's I'm a sure. fair point. Let's go to Mike in Eastchester. What's up, Mike? Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. No problem, man. Um, first of all, I loved uh, McCarver and Buck together. I thought they were the best uh, in every year in the World Series and in the playoffs. To me, though, I'm a Red Sox fan, and I think McCarver's Kirk Gibson call happened in 07, I mean, 04, Game 7 of the 04 ALCS. I don't know if you recall this, but the Sox, you know, Johnny Damon hits a home run. Sox are up by six, mm -hmm. the fourth or fifth. McCarver says, at that moment, there's not a Red Sox fan alive comfortable with this 60 to nothing. <laughs> I do. That's a great point, Mike. Can I just address something that has just happened that needs to be addressed? 
We got two people calling up, waxing poetic about Tim McCarver. I love it. I appreciate it. Can we mention the moments this these two callers decided to bring up? They decided to bring up Game 7 of the 01 World Series, <laughs> seconds before Luis Gonzalez is going to break every Yankee fan's heart. And then this guy brings up Game 4, Game 7 of the 2004 ALCS as the Red Sox are dancing their way to the greatest comeback yeah. in the history of baseball. Oddly enough, I can't find either audio. <laughs> yeah, and I've, then- I've been searching for him. They're just not out there. And then you, you're right. And then you wonder why Yankee fans hate McCarver. Like, haven't they hated McCarver for years, Yankee fans? Well, did no, Yankee I think, fans think Tim McCarver Buck. hated them? No, I don't think so. Everyone, th- oh, everyone thinks Bucks, yeah. A lot of Yankee fans think Buck hates the Yankees, but that's national broadcasters. They they always think you hate your team. And just because the Yankees play so many damn playoff games. No, no, and I rem- just you think that he hates them. I, I mean, remember doing an overnight, I think it was in 06. And there was a guy who called in, younger guy, younger than even me, and was like, boy, Tim McCarver hates the Mets. And I remember saying to him, you think so? Guy broadcasted the Mets for decades. I think it just shows you that. It did end badly there, right? Wasn't it, there something that I ended? I think so, yeah. Maybe they didn't renew him. They didn't right. want him back or he wanted more money. He did go to the Yankees. Right. But I think you, me, we look at Tim McCarver as a Met announcer. Sure. I, th- I still well, think of him that way. It got to a point where even though I grew up with him as a Met announcer, and I and remember he was doing the Mets when they were great in the 80s. So they're big games you're talking about. But he became such a national Phenomenon as in the in the booth with Joe Buck doing the baseball, maybe that kind of eclipsed what he did locally with either the Mets or the Yankees. But yeah, I, I look at him. Of course, growing up I, listening to with the Mets, I think everybody assumes broadcasters hate their team. It's just a natural feeling that the national the Joe Morgan used to get that all the time. Who, by the yes. way, I like John Miller and uh, Joe Morgan doing the Sunday night baseball games forever. I had no issue with those you. Like them now? At the time, you probably killed no, them. No, at the time, I criticized them. I, now, as I'll tell you this: this is the truth. Whether it's because I was younger or just a fan or whatever, I never thought anything about the broadcasting crew. Like, I loved Fran Healy. Now, if I go back and do Fran Healy or listen to Fran Healy games, what I think he's the greatest broadcaster? Probably not. But I always, once I got into media, people were like, oh, Fran Healy's the worst. And I was thinking, I love Fran Healy. He was a nice guy. I liked his voice. He did the Met games well. I thought, what was what was the issue with him? Are you serious? Yeah, I am. I used to love Fran Healy. That's my point. <laughs> Are you serious? You hated him? Yeah, you just... Uh, you walked into a hornet's nest just that now. Was, so. That was a misstep. So. Why? What, what did I do? I, 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 guys, I'm, I'm having issues. My, my wife well, said I got to go to the doctor. I'm having hearing issues. He said something that I, 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 I can't believe it was real. He said something about loving... Like a van? Is that yeah, what he said? Van Halen. I think that's what he said. Was it Van Halen? So I must have missed this. You have a known hate for Fran Healy? I do not have a hate for Fran Healy at all. Okay. He's just simple, simply the worst broadcaster ever created. <laughs> See, this is what I mean. And you felt that as a kid watching him? Yeah. How about that? Yeah. I know, but yeah. I loved it. Oh, the big guy. Mike Piazza. <laughs> I, I loved it. How about that? That's not your line. No, he signed an auto. For he me. also said holy cow all the time. You ain't holy cow. Phil Rizzuto is holy cow. I loved his, you know, he always felt good energy and smile from Fran Healy. Anyway, so it's right. As I get older and am actually a broadcaster, or at least pretend to be at times, I realize why somebody like yourself wouldn't think that he's a great broadcaster. Because but as a kid, he was I loved the worst him. of all time. You tell why come on, why do I think that? Nah, you know what? I feel bad. Fran, if you're listening. You were really, 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 really decent. You were a very decent announcer. You're nasty. And that, I is, love, that is not very nice. I just called him decent. 
You're ripping poor Fanny And he got Ellie. so excited. Those holy cows, those how about that? I loved them. I loved all of them. Howie Rose fantastic. and Fran Healy doing the games for Sports Channel. Howie Rose would never do it because he's the nicest guy ever created. Why? Do you think he hates him too? But if you gave him truth serum <laughs> and said, Howie, what'd you think of working with Fran? What do you think he would have said? I think he would say that he enjoyed his time with Fran. Yeah. I hope so. At least it came across the, on the air that way. This is a moment that I have sometimes. You're a very naive child thinking about your days growing up. And right. Fran Healy's great. And there's yeah. lollipops here and lollipops there. And the truth is, he was the worst. Listen to this Howie story. So I, because I loved Howie and Fran Healy doing the games, I wrote Howie a letter once for, as a school project. Right. I got something back. Like, hey, Sal, oh, it's great that you listen, blah, blah, blah. Ran into him, same spot, like, is McCarver outside of Shady's name. Howie, Howie. Now I'm thinking, like, he knows who I am. I wrote, Howie, Howie, it's me, Sal. <laughs> and he's looking at me like, who the hell are you? He did sign it, though, but had no idea who I was. I, that's how much of a naive idiot I was. You're right. <laughs> Were you disappointed when he's like, I don't know who the hell you are? Yeah, it was like, you, you're writing letters to other people? <laughs> other aspiring broadcasters? Yeah. He was the president of the Tom Seaver, no, the Marv Albert fan club as a kid. Right. Well, I, I loved he, Marv as well. Yeah, I was trying to think in basketball who defines growing up because it was more for a while. Well, who is it for you? Do you have anybody doing the Nets games? I wouldn't even know. Oh, do, doing the Nets is a little different. Yes. Did they bother to give them broadcasting? <laughs> I don't remember. What, were they only radio calls yeah, back then? Wow. Or did they... I, I see what you're doing over there. <laughs> nice line, C-Mac. For me, it was Marv and John Andres. Right. I love those two. It was Ian Eagle. Believe it or not, Ian's been doing it that right. long. And Bill Raftery. Wow. Bill Raftery. This Jason, is going back to when, like, Jason Williams, like, 96, okay. 97, 98, because my love of baseball came first. Then it was football. Then it was basketball. Like, I started really loving basketball when I was about 13 years old right. as compared to, like, eight. So during that time, yeah, it was Ian Eagle and Bill Raftery. Bill well, Raftery was incredible, and he's still ticking. He's Ian, still going. Ian's the best, so I can't knock him. But, yeah, for me, it was always Marvin and Johnny Hoops. I loved him. More of your calls coming up, 877-337-6666. Plus, two things happened in the city of Boston in the last 24 hours that, A, we can mock, and, B, we would be going ape bleep if it happened here. We'll address it coming up. Carton and Roberts, Craig Hall for the next couple of days. Sal Akata sitting in as Lugie runs in very, very late. Thank you, pal. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.